Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm coming to you today from my office with the message for this week's Worship at Home. How many of you have seen or perhaps heard of John Krasinski's Some Good News? He is one of many people who are trying to focus on positive things in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis. And I think he's doing a pretty good job at it. Well, today I'm here with some good news. This is the second of three messages that are coming out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 18. And the theme is hidden righteousness. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Last week, Pastor Peter talked about God seeing us as both a warning and a promise. The warning is that God might see us and disapprove of our motivation for living rightly before him. The promise is that God sees us and he knows and he loves us. Well, this week I'm building on that message and also talking about the good news that God hears us. We're talking about prayer this week. Jesus wants us to know that God does hear us and then he even shows us how to pray. So this is what we're going to be doing. First, we're going to be talking about the simplicity of prayer out of verses 5 through 8. And then we'll go into Jesus' model for prayer in verses 9 through 13. And we'll also talk about Jesus' teaching on forgiveness in verses 14 and 15 as well. So let's start with the simplicity of prayer. One of the most common struggles I've seen amongst Jesus' followers over the years when it comes to prayer is being seen by others. Perhaps you can relate. For me at times, it is a struggle. I'm comfortable praying in front of people because I've had lots of practice doing it because of being in ministry for a couple of decades. My struggle is to make sure that I'm authentically praying as well as leading others in prayer. Praying to God is both an individual practice, you see, and one that we do in community as part of the people of God. So Jesus' warning is a very real one to many people. So how can we pray in such a way that we're with others, but not to be seen by them? What does that look like? Well, the best counsel I've received and try to embrace is this. Prayer is simply a conversation with God. This is how Jesus himself approached prayer in this week's passage. And we see it throughout the Gospels that this is how he practices and teaches on prayer. Now, Jesus contrasts his way of praying with the Pharisees on the one hand and the pagans on the other. First, the Pharisees are hit on in verses 5 and 6. These Jewish religious leaders love to pray in the synagogues and at the street corners to be honored by others as religious people. Jesus called them hypocrites. In earlier periods, this word meant play actor. 
In other words, these people are pretending they're playing the part of being righteous without really living righteously before God. You could say that they weren't really in a conversation with God, but in a conversation with other people, with those around them. But instead, Jesus exhorts us as his followers to make God our audience. We are to present ourselves to God with our mind, our heart, our body, and trust that God sees us. Other people might hear our prayers, but we are to make God the focus of our conversation. So how can we avoid pretense in prayer? What does that look like? Well, there's two things that I've learned that can get in the way of having a conversation with God. The first is using the right words, thinking that somehow we're not really praying or not praying well unless we're using a certain kind of set of words. The second thing that can get in the way is focusing on long prayers. You know, I have to pray a certain amount of time for it to really be an effective kind of prayer. No, God isn't looking for a certain kind of words or a certain length of prayer. He's looking for us to simply converse with him as we are where we're at. So that's the Pharisees. In addition to the Pharisees, Jesus' first followers are to also avoid practicing prayer like the pagans do. And we see Jesus focus on them in verses 7 and 8. The non-Jewish people around them who believed in pagan deities thought that they needed to repeat a bunch of prayers to get the attention of their gods. Jesus described these prayers as empty phrases. One of the things that I've learned as a parent in guiding our children is to make sure that they're paying attention to me. Sometimes I thought that they were being disobedient, but it turns out that they just weren't hearing me. They didn't hear me ask them to do something or to not do something. And so now I seek to make sure that they're listening before I give guidance. I ask, are you paying attention? Do I have your attention? Can you look over here? The good news, some good news for us, is that God sees us and he hears us. God is already listening and knows what we need before we ask him. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't ask because Jesus goes on to teach us what to ask for. And we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But how do we avoid empty words in prayer? The answer is simple. We make sure that what we pray is sincere. From what I know about God in prayer, I think God would much rather hear 10 authentic words from us and maybe even silence being present with him than 10,000 authentic or inauthentic words coming from us. I think that's God's heart for us in prayer. So Jesus values simplicity in prayer, having a conversation with God that uses sincere words directed towards God and not other people. It's in this context, in this light, that Jesus gives us the famous Lord's Prayer in verses 9 through 13 of Matthew 6. This is Jesus' model for prayer. The point isn't to pray this exact prayer, at least not always, at least maybe just at the beginning. This is training. We're doing something now that we can to prepare for future action. For the past few weeks, there's been a lot of training going on in the Bobar household. I want to introduce you to Maisie, our new puppy. Hey, Toby, who is that? <laughs> Maisie Moe. She's just a couple months old, so we're 
having to train her about a whole lot of things. There's potty training, crate training, leash training. We're always trying to make sure that she's on the right track as a puppy so that she grows up in the future to be a well-rounded puppy in the Bobar household. Well, Jesus takes us babies in prayer and trains us through the Lord's Prayer. For me, personally, I still consider myself at times to be a spiritual baby in prayer. I often go back to the Lord's Prayer to get more training. Sometimes in the morning or later in the day, if I have time, I stop and I make my way through each phrase of the Lord's Prayer to get my mind and my heart centered on God. So we're going to make our way through the prayer in two parts. The first is focused on God's priorities in verses 9 and 10. The second part is our needs in verses 11 through 13. Jesus trains us to pray according to God's priorities and to ask for what we need. So let's start with God's priorities, working our way through each phrase. Our Father in heaven. This is amazing. We get to have a conversation with God as one of his children. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, later on in this gospel. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Did you catch that last part? And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus has chosen to make God the Father known to you as one of his followers. This is some good news. You can approach God with the intimacy of a child because of what God has done through Jesus, through his death and resurrection, to make you a child of God. We're reborn as one of God's children, as part of God's forever family. The prayer goes on. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father in heaven is also the one true God and the king of the whole world. Now, what does it mean to hallow God's name? It's not a word that we use often, hallow. It's a prayer that God's name, God's person, would be honored, would be glorified. Jesus trains us to approach God both with intimacy and reverence for him as well. So how is God glorified? Well, we hear that we are to pray for God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven is the place where God's will is always done and his reign is coming to earth through Jesus and by the power and leading of God's spirit. So God's kingdom comes as God's will is done in and through our lives. If you don't know what to pray for in a situation, in a crisis, you can always pray for three things. God to be glorified, God's reign, God's kingdom to come, and God's will to be done. Jesus also wants these priorities to shape our conversation with God, just as they shaped his conversation with God the Father. Jesus' life was focused on God's glory, God's kingdom, and God's will, and he wants the same for us as well. Now let's go on to the second part of the prayer that are that's focused on our needs. Jesus says, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When we approach God as our Father in heaven, and as the King who is 
coming and at work in the world, coming to work in the world, our requests to God begin to change. And there's three requests that Jesus lays out for us to focus on in prayer. The first is daily sustenance. We ask God to give us day by day what we need, our daily bread. For most of Jesus' listeners, and for many people around the world, millions of people, and many people in our country, they actually receive their meal on a daily basis. The request, notice, is not for what we want, but for what we need. God never promises us the American dream, that new iPhone, or a bigger house, or a new kind of car. He never promises us those things, but he meets us with what we need. The second request is forgiveness. We ask God for forgiveness, to experience, to receive forgiveness as we repent, and it's based on the redemption that God has accomplished through Christ. And the expectation is that Jesus has for us is that we will be forgiving others as God has forgiven us. And he makes some pretty strong claims in verses 14 and 15 that our experience of God's forgiveness is somehow dependent upon how we're forgiving others. If we're not forgiving others, it closes off our own hearts to God's forgiveness. And finally, strength for faithfulness. We ask God for the strength to remain faithful when tempted to do evil. The evil one is at work to lead us away from God. But we pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but strengthen us to go towards you, towards faithfulness towards you. So we need God's strength to remain faithful. So we can see that God meets us with what we need for everyday life, both physically and spiritually, mind, body, and soul. There's a lot more that we could say about the Lord's Prayer. We've barely scratched the surface. But I want you to focus and remember this. As we pray, we do so as good news people. There's some good news. Actually, there's a lot of good news. It's the best news ever. And there's a lot of brokenness we're seeing in the world right now. It's right in our face, maybe more than usual. But we also have a lot of good things to celebrate and to expect from our good God. So let's talk more with this God who has made himself known in Jesus. He loves you, he sees you, and he hears you. Let's pray. Living Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have made a way to the Father. That we can join in this forever family as a child of God. Thank you that you teach us and you empower us to have conversation with God the Father and with you and with the Spirit. Continue to mold and teach us to pray for God's glory to be amplified, for God's kingdom to come, and for God's will to be done. And Lord, we thank you that you meet us with what we need. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpc.com.